As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. I'm Nurse Mo, and welcome or welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast, where I share tips and teach concepts to help nurses and nursing students thrive in school and at the bedside. So I'm really excited about this bonus episode today. Today, I am talking with Annie Fulton from the Up My Nursing Game podcast. So if you have not yet checked out her podcast, I want you to make a mental note or go right now and find it in your podcast player. It's called Up My Nursing Game, and it's awesome. And what Annie is going to be talking about with us today is the role, the benefits, the pros, the cons, the skill set, all the nitty gritty about being a float pool nurse. So let's dive into the interview. So Annie, thank you so much for being here with us today to share your experience with my listeners. I know they're really, really going to love it. So why don't you first start with just a brief intro of who you are and the type of nursing that you do, and then we'll jump off from there. Yeah. So my name's Annie. Um, I've been a nurse since 2014. So that puts me at, my gosh, nine years? I know. You have to do nine. math. You didn't yep. know you were going to have to do math. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Yeah, nine years. I started in medical oncology, was cross-trained to emergency, uh, some intermediate care, uh, now currently working in a float pool at a large academic hospital in California. Okay, so you mentioned that you work in a float pool. Can you expand a little bit on on what that is for people who may not have heard of that before? Yeah. So, you know, I've, um, I think a lot of nursing students, for example, don't know or not aware that there is such a thing as a float pool. Um, and it's basically a group of nurses who are trained to work in different areas of the hospital. Um, and these nurses, these float pool nurses don't have a permanent home. We're not uh, permanently assigned to um, a department or to a specific group of patients. Uh, but instead, we call in the morning or evening, whatever shift you're working on, and find out where you are assigned for the day. Oh, for so the it's day. a surprise. It's a surprise. Yeah. Surprise. I, like, <laughs> I like to call myself the um substitute teacher of the hospital. Oh, so I that's just a kinda... great yeah, that's a great way to think of it. You could be teaching history today, you could be teaching algebra. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. Very cool. Until I call in at 5 30 in the morning and say, Hey, it's Annie. Where am I going? So are you so the way that your float pool works at your hospital, is it any unit in the hospital or is it like a handful of units? Like I know in the hospital where I work, 
there's a there's like an ericu float pool i think it's ericu pacu so it's kind of the the critical care ish areas together but then there's also a float pool for like the floors and there's probably one for other things like OR. So how does it work where you yeah, are? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think this depends so much on, you know, the institution that you're working yeah, at. And maybe the size of the facility. Exactly, exactly. So where I am, I work at a very large hospital and I only float to um, acute and intermediate adult levels of care. So, um, but where I work, that means that I can float to one of 30 floors. Oh, wow. A That's day. a lot. That's it's a, a day. Wow. It's, yeah. It's a lot because, you know, there's a lot of specialized service lines where I work, right? We have like um, thoracic surgery, uh, cardiac surgery, uh, plastics, ENT, you know, like you, you name the specialty, it's there. Um, With so a dedicated type of unit? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. That yes. is a big hospital. It's a very big hospital, um, but you know, there's always um, medical patients. Like, there's always yeah. like sort of commonalities in all of these floors. So, even though like you're going to say like a plastics floor, you know, patients who um, are getting plastic surgery, and we're not talking cosmetic surgery here. We're talking about like reconstructive surgery mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Like, they're going to have uh, good old fashioned medical problems too, right? So even though you think like, wow, this is really specialized, like floors, like it's, there is specialized knowledge that you need to have. Yeah. But like 90% of it is the same across Yeah, people are floors. still people. They still have the same physiology. It's just going to be maybe the procedure they had done that would be like a little, a little bit different. Absolutely. If they had like a specific surgery or something. Exactly. And and to your point about, you know, um, having separate float pools, um, I'll just say at my institution, we have two float pools. One is for critical care, where um, uh, critical care uh, nurses train to, I believe we have seven different ICUs. Um, and then for acute and intermediate care, which mm-hmm. is the one that I am in. Um at my last hospital, it was the same pool of nurses uh, who went to acute floors, who went to ICU, who went to emergency. Um, although not all the flow pool nurses were cross-trained to all of those departments. Mm-hmm. So this is a smaller hospital, right? And um, that's actually where I was um, cross-trained to go to emergency. And that being said, when I went to emergency, I was not in the uh, recess room, right? Like I wasn't Uh getting the traumas. I wasn't getting, um, you know, we call ESI ones, their emergency severity index of one, meaning that they are circling the drain. Essentially, Mm -hmm. I didn't get those patients. I also didn't get psych patients, but I got everything else. So um, I got you know, a lot of the essentially medical patients coming in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking about it, I realized I think there's also at my hospital, like a labor and delivery postpartum um, and high risk maternity kind of float pool. So there's like different little specialized float pools. There's probably one for peds. So um yeah, and at small hospitals, that's going to be all the same nurses. It's incredible. Can you imagine having to know peds and everything else? Yeah, that would yeah. Be, that would be, well, for me, that would be hard. But for somebody who 
it is hard. Um, yeah. But it's amazing. Like I was mentioning at the beginning, how there's kind of commonalities to all, you know, to right. all of these different um, specialty areas. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking emergency, you see all different ages. Come of in course. Right. An emergency anybody department. could, anybody could waltz in there. Yeah. Yeah. With any yeah. kind of problem. Yeah. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm realizing there's, you know, even some parallels between um, like emergency nursing and float pool nursing, like this element of surprise, like you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. And I imagine that might be for someone who, like me, who gets bored really easily. I don't know that that's a desirable personality trait, but I own it that working in an environment like float pool where every day is kind of different would be a really huge bonus. That was definitely a selling point to me. Yeah. I'm like you, uh, Maureen. <laughs> I get bored very easily. Um, I, I, you know, and and I think this is a, a distinguishing feature of being in the float pool is that you're okay without being um, really good at one thing. Yeah. And you're okay with being a generalist, uh, being okay with um, having a quite a breadth, but not necessarily depth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But don't um, be fooled, you guys, because Annie's super smart. We're going to talk about her podcast in just a minute. So don't <laughs> let her fool you. <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah, I think I, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I think this um, breadth of knowledge um, is also kind of like the secret sauce of float pool nurses. And this is like the, um, sorry, I can't think of how I want to say it, like, this is the value that they bring to a hospital. Although they might not be the most specialized and knowledgeable person on a um, given department, they have a more breadth of knowledge yeah, and that seen a lot. is extremely valuable. Right, right. I think the thing I would have the hardest time with because I'm such a, um, I get so like in my mind, I like change. But then I also know that I like being comfortable in my environment. So I think one of the hardest things for me would be going to a new unit and just simply not knowing where anything is like that would make me absolutely nuts. It makes me nuts, too. And I've been doing it for two years. I mean, that's how I feel like half my job is finding things in the supply room. <laughs> yeah, but in a, in a sense, um, I'll say it's consistently inconsistent. And so um, my my sort of wayfinding or um, uh-huh. my running around floors looking for items, I'm just so used to not knowing where yeah. things it's just are. part of your routine now. That is part of my routine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about 
you touched on this a little bit, some desirable traits, like what would make somebody a really good float pool nurse aside from getting bored easily and getting bored easily. But I think that's a key one too. So yeah. Um, So someone who um, likes change in life and that's not everyone. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah. So a, a nurse who is flexible and I mean, seriously flexible. Okay. (laughs) So someone who's okay with, uh, like I was saying, not knowing where they're going to go until they call uh, an hour before their shift. Mm -hmm. Um, Also a feature of the flow pool that I'm in now we can float mid shift too, and we can float up to twice mid shift. Oh my goodness. It's not ideal. I don't love doing it uh, Mm -hmm. for um, patient advocacy advocacy reasons it's nice to have that continuity of care but just know that you know it's not just once a day where you you find out where you're going to go it's every four hours I'm kind of asking myself am I staying or am I going and I'm always prepared for that level of change um so also being open-minded um adapting well to new environments too oh yeah Uh, so you you could call this a soft skill, or I like to call it a higher level skill, Uh being able to read a room quickly and being able to read the culture of the department that you're on Uh and then being able to jump right in and to hit the ground running. So that's definitely something like I think about, like, is this a super strict floor? Like what, what do I need to place a higher importance on here? Or is this Mm -hmm. a little more relaxed and I can, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? If you've been in nurse, you right. can tell like there's a certain vibe on um, yeah. different floors. We'll just put it that way. Some are way more fun. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Some are way more fun, but you, you can never totally relax at the same time. Like I, I guess right. I didn't, I didn't want to err on the side of like, you can let your guard down, like, cause you can never do that. You can't do yeah. that, but just some are really strict and yeah, you, you just know once you've been a nurse, like there's different cultures on different departments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So liking change, being flexible, being okay with being maybe a little uncomfortable in new environments and being able to kind of pick up on the culture of a unit and adjust accordingly because you're you're in their space, right? You have to kind of get along a, to go along is what I always say. You're a guest in their house. Yes. 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 Imagine you meet a ton of people. Like how do you keep all their names straight? <laughs> I don't. Um, that's, why we have, that's why we have our badges, right? That's why we have our, yeah. <laughs> but you do, like you get to... Um, you must know everyone in the hospital. It must feel like that sometimes. You know, everyone on a surface level mm-hmm. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to add that um, you also have to be very humble as a float pool nurse because you need to uh, be really upfront with saying that you don't know something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so know when to ask questions. And um, I think some people might um, disagree with this statement, but probably... Um, you're not going to be very shy <laughs> if you choose to be okay. In a yes, that's a really good point. Yes, you have to be able to speak up for yourself, for your patients, with people you don't know, with doctors you've never worked with before. You exactly. have to say, and even if you are shy, I'm super shy. No one ever believes me, but I honestly am. Mm-hmm. But at work, I don't even let that come into play. Like I can't be shy at work. I have to speak up. So you just have to kind of jump out of your comfort zone a lot. Yeah, 
exactly when you're, when you're advocating for somebody else yeah. all the time. All the time. Um, time. And and lastly, I was going to say good time management because um, there's so much extra time that I spend uh, wayfinding, as I was Mm -hmm. mentioning, or looking for this item in whichever of the 10 closets, supply closets they have there. Um, So I, there's always extra time baked into my Day that nurses who are very familiar with their department exactly everything takes a little bit longer so you're right. going to need that much better time management that's a really really good point so with that said I get, and I hear this a lot from new nurses or nurses that are about to graduate from nursing school and they're looking at those first jobs and they're asking about they're asking about a lot of things where the job has a lot of variety. They're asking about travel nursing and Mm -hmm. float pool nursing and the ER. So let's talk about would the float pool be ever appropriate for a brand new nurse? So I'm going to just be very honest here. Mm -hmm. And in my very honest opinion, I would not recommend the float pool to a new nurse. Um, that being said, it's not uncommon for nurses to start in a float pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be done. Um, I just personally don't recommend it. Um, and I think this is because of, you know, when I was talking about the traits of a good float pool nurse, like time management, um, being confident to ask, to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all things that are are not characteristics of a new nurse, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I I think there's something very powerful about having a home when you first mm-hmm. start and having mentors who see you on a daily basis and kind of pick up on this um uh trends like that you do certain things really well and certain things that you don't do very well mm-hmm. at and they give you feedback accordingly you're not going to get that kind of feedback in a flow no it's going to be a little bit more sporadic mm-hmm. if at all yeah 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 and, and it's just not going to the, the consistency isn't there being in flow mm-hmm. pool and so you know in my lala annie land i would say a nurse uh could start float pool maybe in a year or two Um, Mm -hmm. into their career. But that being said, you know, nurses start in float pools all the time. Um, We definitely accept new grads um, at um, the hospital I'm at now. And, um, and they're wonderful. They say like, it's, it's really, really hard. And one, one even said, I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but she's glad she, she did it. Wow. (laughs) So um, steep learning curve, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very steep learning curve. Okay, Annie. So what about, I guess, the pros and cons of being a float pool nurse? You make it sound really great. I imagine there's a lot of pros, but I imagine there's also maybe some, some maybe some drawbacks too, especially for possibly a newer nurse heading into it. Yeah, absolutely. So so how do you want to do this? Do you want to start with cons and then the pros? Let's like, do cons so that we end on a positive note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. Okay, 
So, okay. So I'm going to be, you know, very real here about the cons mm. of being in a float pool. And there are quite a number. So as a float pool nurse, you're usually given not very complex patients because that's going to go, those patients are going to go to the core staff on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you kind of end up taking care of, um, not very specialized patients, more of like the med surge type patients, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, okay. when you're in the float pool. Um, there's also, um, and, and, and this is kind of a matter of debate and it is, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes you'll be given like difficult patients, like the patients for whom they're, nobody, um, the, the ones nobody else wants. The one, no one, yeah, nobody else wants are the ones that they cycle to a new nurse every day. Yeah, it's a They'll one see, and done. Yes, yes. And it could be because they're rude or they are just require a lot of tasks. And um, mm-hmm. just in terms of time, they're very heavy. Right. Um, so often, you know, a charge nurse will see, oh, I have a float pool nurse coming. Why don't I, you know, rotate that patient over to float pool for the day? And Personally, I think that's fine. Like I'll say, like, give me one difficult patient, but just one. <laughs> like, right, I'll right. Not your whole that. assignment. Not right. Not all difficult patients. Um, and like I kind of always expect like one tough patient. At okay. Least. <laughs> at least you go into your day knowing that that's the expectation, more or less. Exactly. And if it doesn't happen, pleasant surprise, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not always that way. Like sometimes yeah. all of my patients are exceedingly pleasant and that's that's a, that's the great those are the day. best days. They those are, are the best. They're so pleasant. Um so I'll say there's also a generally like a poor support system due to, you know, the inherent inconsistencies of being in a flow pool. Um I think um there's something very therapeutic about having a shared experience with someone and um and this is really minimized in the float pool setting um so i i find especially new grad float pool nurses saying that um that it's a little bit of a lonely experience and and this is a big one for me but um you don't get to establish rapport with your colleagues um mm-hmm. when you're in a float pool and I find myself often just reverting to very formal uh, communication yeah. in a way that you don't have to do when you know your doctor is backwards yes. and forwards and you're friends with the uh, physical therapist and the speech therapist and you can uh, like go over and like fist bump your pharmacist. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. I, I genuinely really, really miss that. This is kind of a core um, like tenant of me being a nurse. It's like, I really like to know my my ancillary staff um, mm-hmm. and my physicians. Um, and you just don't get that in the float pool. Yeah. Well, I, I can see. And I can see how that would be challenging because when you know the doctors you're working with really well, it just, it's, it just makes your life so much easier. It does. And yeah. they, you know, not only you know them, but they know you and, and they you know can you. establish yeah. that trust. And I guess that kind of goes you know, back to one of my earlier points about time management, like sometimes if you know your doctors well, like you'll know when to address something to them or, um, you know, depending on your institution, like, oh, I can go ahead and do this, like put in this order for them. It kind of also bleeds into the whole like time management thing if you don't don't know your staff very well. Exactly. And your coworkers, like which ones you can count on 
when you need help, you don't, you may not necessarily know that, right? You don't know them very well. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Are there any pros? There are a lot of pros. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. So we'll get all that negativity out of the way and we'll talk exactly. about the pros. Yeah. There's usually some perk associated with being in the float pool because I mean, let's be real. It's, it's, you miss out on having a home. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and this is, you know, very institution dependent. Um, I know some hospitals, uh, float pool nurses get more pay. Oh, um, nice. Yep. <laughs> that would be nice. Not mm-hmm. where I work, but that would be nice. Um, there's usually more flexibility in terms of scheduling, uh, like lesser weekend commitments. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, there's often some sort of, um, yeah, some sort of extra something, uh, like, like a perk. Um, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally dig that one. I have lesser weekend commitments, um, which is, um, means everything to me. Yeah, the weekend requirements in, in a lot of facilities are they're pretty significant. They are. And it's something that I didn't think would bother me until like a few years out. I'm like, okay, this is getting really old. Like so much so many important things in life happen on weekends. Right. Yeah. The rest of the world has the weekend off. Yes. <laughs> your family, yes. your friends, things happening. Yes. Yeah. So as I get older, I really value, um, you know, my weekends. They're mm-hmm. a sacred time for me and my family. So this lesser weekend commitment is very that's, important yeah, to me. Very nice. Okay. Anything else that's on the pros list? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another pro of being in a float pool is kind of flying below the radar. Oh, right? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not burdened with unit drama. And nice. I've seen a lot of nurses who have gone from working on a designated floor um, to switching to the float pool for this very reason. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that, you know, maybe they have a feeling of, you know, the manager playing favorites or I don't know, that there have been bad feelings that have been developed between colleagues, but just generally in float pool, this doesn't happen. Um just by the function of, you know, the what we like, I'll say the, the inconsistencies of mm-hmm. working in float pool, that you're working with um, people so sporadically that there's uh-huh. not really this drama. And lastly, um, this is a great option for those who don't know what they want to specialize in. And that's what um, drew me to uh, the float pool where I am now, because I was coming from a smaller hospital that didn't have these um, specialty uh, lines of care. And um, when I was looking at like all that there is to offer at like a large academic center, I was like, I don't know where I want to go. So I chose Float Pool. And there you go. And now you get to see all kinds of different things. And now it's like a buffet, but maybe not a buffet because you don't get to choose. (laughs) So a bit uh, earlier, you mentioned the Float Pool nurses, what'd you say, secret sauce or secret power? Yeah, so um, the secret sauce of float pool nurses um, is that we are what I like to call pollinators in the hospital. So you can imagine bees, you know, flying from flower to flower, um, Mm -hmm. kind of cross-pollinating. This is what float pool nurses do when we go from one floor to another. Um, And this is where, you know, that breadth of knowledge comes into handy. So... I'll just kind of share some examples of this. Like 
I cannot count how many times my um, experience with urology patients, like uh, those who are requiring continuous bladder irrigation, they have a three-way Foley. This is not the normal hardware Um, Mm -hmm. that you're used to with uh, urinary catheters. There have been so many times when I floated to emergency or um, a different uh, floor that a nurse has said, hey, my patient's got a three-way Foley catheter. I don't know what I'm doing with this. I bet the float pool nurse will know. Annie to the rescue. (laughs) Annie to the rescue. Like I know three-way Foley's like inside and out just because I I don't know, just uh, being a float pool, I've seen them enough. Um, yeah, yeah. So there are just so many instances like that where, you know, there'll be a kind of specialty piece of information um, or like some sort of specialty issue going on with the patient and the staff will come to me and say, hey, you've probably seen this before. What do you think? So that is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're and, dropping and it, knowledge. You're sharing it, knowledge all throughout the, yes, the hospital. Yes. And it goes beyond just kind of these like clinical pearls that I can share. Mm-hmm. It also, you know, goes, um, it also helps patients too. So right. for example, I had a patient who is a, um, a bariatric patient and it took four nurses to reposition them every two hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's a, that's a high burden for staff. So I said, Hey, I know this floor has all of their rooms have overhead lifts and this patient really needs to go to a floor that has overhead lifts. And it was that kind of insight um, that other nurses who don't float to, you know, these other floors where mm-hmm. they have, you know, different um, resources, they didn't know that. They probably and, didn't know that was even a thing. Right, right. <laughs> they didn't know it was a thing. So I was able to share this and to advocate for the patient saying like, look, for for uh, staff's sake, for the, the patient's sake, we got to get them to yeah. these other floors where there's yeah. a lift. Yeah. And it's so much more comfortable for the patient. Right. And so much safer for everyone. To right. Have that, it's to have it's like things. what stars have to align for four nurses to have time to, to do this, to do that. Yeah. So it's, it's going to absolutely provide better patient care. Um, if we can get them to a place where it requires fewer nurses to come together all at once, because that is very difficult to do. Well, I think the float pool sounds awesome. Okay, Annie, I know that my pod listeners are going to want to hear more from you. So tell us about your podcast and its mission and where they can find you because it's super cool. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like a nursing student and um, you're probably very motivated if like on your own time, you're listening to educational podcasts about nursing, right? And Maureen, you do such a good job of, you know, creating um, educational content, like really core stuff. And I, I really wish I had had you um, as a nursing student. If you are this, you know, motivated nurse um, that you almost surely are, if you're listening to this, then um you could also very well be interested in my podcast, which is called Up My Nursing Game. Uh, it's an educational nursing podcast. 
it's mostly geared towards experienced nurses. But that being said, I know I have a lot of um, nursing students listening as well. Um, so it's uh, for acute emergency critical care nurses who seek a deeper understanding of clinical topics. It's not your professor's podcast, right? Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I talk real world stuff. Yeah, that's uh, important. And, yes, yes. And, and you talk to you talk to like other people who are experts in their area. Exactly. Like you've got doctors that you interview, other nurses, specialty nurses, just like a whole range of, of really valuable, knowledgeable people. Exactly. So, you know, we we don't have time in our busy shifts to sit down and talk to um to doctors, to PT, to OT, to speech, to pharmacists. So my podcast is kind of a, a safe space uh, where I can go in and ask, you know, really honest questions like, why do we do this? And like, can you can you explain this to me? Um, because I don't really have time to ask you when we're, um, you know, got 10 things on our plates at once yeah. at work. So I think like I was mentioning, although it's uh, geared towards more experienced nurses, I, I definitely see the utility in nursing students listening to it too, um, to kind of gain that real world insight, right? which could definitely help in, you know, the competitive nature of, of new grad programs. Mm -hmm. I think it can give um, some really great talking points. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But just remember, if you're a nursing student and Clex Hospital is totally <laughs> different than the real world. <laughs> right, right. And that's exactly it. So if you want, you know, exposure to kind of the way it really is. Like what it's really, and I think that makes it maybe that transition into practice a little less jarring if you mm -hmm. kind of have a sneak peek at what it's really like, because it is so different than school and, and, and book knowledge and studying for the NCLEX and even the things that you do in clinical. It's, I always say nursing school teach, shows you about 5% of what a nurse actually does in their shift totally. every day. And it's a huge shock when you're the one doing it for real. So if you're really wanting to make that transition a little smoother, or you're maybe you're a nurse that listens to my podcast as well, I want you to go check out Up My Nursing Game with Annie. It's on any podcast player, right, Annie? You can just go search for it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Yep. What uh, have you, Google exactly. Play or whatever it is. Okay. Wherever you're listening to this podcast now, you can find my podcast. So okay. it's up my nursing game. Up my nursing game. I love that. Okay. Well, Annie, thank you so, so much. This was fantastic. Thanks for your insight and your encouragement of the new nurses and for coming on today. Thank you, Maureen. So a big thank you to Annie for coming onto the podcast today to share her knowledge and passion and information about the career of a float pool nurse. And, you know, Annie and I talked about how Listening to educational podcasts like ours can really help you with that transition from student to new grad RN. So if that is the kind of thing that you're looking for extra support with, I have some very exciting news. So I am embarking on a beta test. So this is a beta test, a beta program to support and coach new grad nurses. So if you want to learn more about our beta program, it'll be a three-month program. 
and I'm working on it with a good friend of mine who is a nurse educator and super passionate about supporting new nurses, then I want you to go to confidentnurseacademy.com. There'll be a bit of information there so you can get a little feel for what it's all about. And then you can always reach out if you have further questions. So again, that is confidentnurseacademy.com. So I will see you back here in a few days for our regular episodes. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.